Hi. Shelby Palmer, how oh, are you? I'm good. How are you, Eric? All right. It is my pleasure to bring Shelby Palmer on as a guest today to our Elite Agent Training podcast. And I have a few questions for you. Yeah. One of the ones that I always like to start out with, with an agent, is what led you to become a real estate agent and how did you get your start in the industry? But before I get to that question, I want to make this statement. Shelby has consistently been, well, first of all, you've been with me for... Uh, I think since like 2015-ish, maybe. Is it? Does that sound I was thinking right? even longer than that, but I don't know. 14, 15. You've been know. with me for a while. Yeah. Your mom and dad were both with me before Correct. you. And so I... So I, you totally I, just answered your own question. So how did I get my start? Well, that's how maybe <laughs> you got into it. Um, but I've seen you when... I think you've been in real estate longer than me. Yeah. But I've seen you go through hard times. We've known each other for a long time. Correct. I've seen you go through ups and downs. You've seen me go through ups and downs. And we're still here, sitting here today. And in fact, um, the last couple of years, you have won, what is the title for the... Best of Northern Utah. Best of Northern Utah yeah. for real estate agents. Yeah. And uh, you have consistently been one of my top performing agents, top one or two. Thank you. Almost every year. Thank you, yeah. So... Yeah. So I know I looked at our numbers this last week. Actually, Brian looked at our numbers for us this last week. I'm not, not, not mad about where we're sitting this year. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you're killing it. In fact, Thanks. I think you said first quarter you were ahead of where you were last year. Correct. And yep. last year was the biggest boom year of ever. So Correct. even in a down market, and I know it's not like that every, that every month. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. But even in a down market, you are consistently closing high volume. Thank you. Yes. So. To the question, how did you get started in real estate? I've already let the cat out of the bag a little That's bit. Perfect. Mom and dad. Actually, just mom. Yeah. Okay. My dad actually came in late as well. Oh, we, that's right. I we remember. dragged him in kicking and screaming. But my mom that. dragged me in kicking and screaming, actually. So I was 19 years old, and my mom was selling real estate and was busy, and I didn't know what it was that I really wanted to do with my world. And I wasn't loving what I was doing working production um, at a production facility in West Brigham City. And um, I just didn't really love that. And so my mom talked me into coming in and helping her out at 19 years old. And who in their right mind trusted a 19-year-old kid to sign contracts on big purchases for them? Much less big purchases than they are now. I mean, we were talking like $65,000 right. houses, you know, was kind of the going right there. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure who trusted that. But that's where we started. So been doing this since I was 19 years old. So... And I know it wasn't always easy for you. No, it's... Like, even though your mom and, and later your dad was, was in the business, but primarily your mom, when you started out, it wasn't automatic going gangbusters with this. No, not at all. In fact, it was I, rough. I remember one conversation early on. You called me up and you're like, I think I'm just going to take a job at Maverick. That's true, <laughs> actually. And they offered me a job at Maverick. Yeah. Like, they did. And you get free slurp. I don't know. Do you get free Slurpees if you work They're there? Not Slurpees at Maverick. Is that 7-Eleven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they still have a machine. They do. Have, it's like the slushy or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Slurpee. I don't know. I didn't take the job, so I don't know if you get free ones <laughs> or not. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it hasn't always been easy. But as I mentioned already, you have persevered through some crazy times. Yeah. You know, you, you were... You were in this during the market crash in 08, and the years following that where it was pretty wild. Correct. This latest recession just recently that we're still in the middle of where yeah. a lot of agents are questioning 
is this the career for me? Yeah. And I actually so. officially quit two times. I have quit at least 75 times, but usually I pick it back <laughs> up the next day. So usually we pick it up the next day, but I've officially quit and taken another job elsewhere, you know, two different times, kept my real estate license, you know, through it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, things were tough. I was raising little, little children, um, at 19 years old, when you kind of start out, there's a whole life ahead that needs to be done. And so, um, we, you know, I, quit and came back. It always, it's always just pulled me back, but, um, something shifted back in, I don't know, 2015. It actually shifted with the Maverick incident, um, where, uh, things were really stressful. Brian and I had just, uh, recently gotten married again and we were jumping back in. You're probably right. It probably was about 13 or 14 that I came uh, back here and, or to equity. And, um, we were, we had six kids at home and we were raising them on a really, really unlivable income at that point in time. And I was out hustling and spending money on gas, showing homes all over Cash Valley. And Brian's like, you can't keep spending money on gas. Like we don't have anything coming in. And so I did go and interview for another job. Um, and it was really at that point for me that I was like, what is it that I want to do? Like, where is it that I want to be with this? And what is it that I want to do? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with working at Maverick. Absolutely nothing. It was not the direction I wanted to head. It was not where I wanted to see. And I knew that if my clients saw me there, um, that that was kind of the beginning of the end for me. And so I made an executive decision that was not super popular with Brian, who's sitting Right, over right there. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was not super popular at the time and decided what I really wanted to do. And that's when the commitment came. And there's something about that, you know, there's a book called Three Feet from Gold. And there's something about getting right to that end where you have to make a decision and making the decision to invest in yourself, to invest in what you want to do, to say, no, I really am going to keep pushing instead of quitting. And that was where the shift for me happened was in that, you know, no, I'm really not going to do that. I'm really not going to take that job, you know, at Maverick. I will go get a Slurpee later. <laughs> not a Slurpee because they don't have Slurpees at Maverick. I'm calling but... them Slurpees. I'm doubling down. <laughs> I'm going to go get me a Dr. Pepper. That's fine. So that, and really that is where the shift happened. Literally the next morning, it was like, um, it was like the universe decided good night. I was just waiting for that. Like, thank you. We needed you to make that decision that that's what you were really going to do. And everything opened up and things just started falling into place. Like I worked hard, really, really, really oh, hard. Yeah. I hustled my butt off and I worked really hard, but it was like, that was the piece that was missing for me. Now, I don't remember how long ago was it since Brian joined you in this business? Uh, I think Brian came in in 2004. 15. He's been eight, seven-ish years, seven, yeah. eight years. Yeah, so now he's fully on board with you. He Rather is. than trying to discourage you from spending gas money, now he's <laughs> he's in it all the way. You're both he in is. it, Nick Deep, Brian right? keeps booking trips to places. Hey, we're going to go here. <laughs> Brian's talking about a beach house, which I have to tell you, this is really this is really big stuff because when Brian and I met, and I hope it's okay that I share this, he's sitting right there, so... I hope it's okay that I share this. But when Brian and I met, Brian was making, you know, 11 or $12 an hour working at a nursery job, which he loved, but we did not have the income to support, um, you know, what 
the kind of lifestyle that I wanted. And there was a point in time early in our relationship where I'd been reading books, like I'm, I'm always the growth mindset mm-hmm. kind yeah. of girl. And I'd read this book. Um, it was called, it was called, I can't remember. I'll come back to it in a minute. But um, I'd read this book where they had you sit down and figure out how, like a business plan, how much money you would have to make to have the lifestyle that you wanted. And okay. it was $200,000, like to be able to do this. And I went to Brian and I said, I got to make $200,000 to be able to have the life. And he was like, whoa, hold please. Like we are not $200,000 people. And I was like, you are not $200,000 people, but I just figured it out and I have to be $200,000 people, right? Yeah. And um, it, there was some real stress between Brian and I because Brian came from a very fixed military mindset and um, nothing wrong with that. It's just that he and I are very... And, and legit military. I mean, le- that's yeah, legit. Background, yeah, he's retired just, military. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so he, you know, he knew to the penny what his paychecks were going to be for 25 years, Mm -hmm. you know. And so to come in and to a whole new relationship, I mean, it was a very stressful time in our lives, you know, trying to mesh two families and two completely different ways of doing things and mindsets was very, very interesting. And so um, when I said this to him, he was like, what are you doing? And so getting Brian on board with this and having him being able to see this and just hearing him talk about the beach house, we all kind of roll our eyes and laugh about it because Brian talks about his beach house pretty regularly. And, but he's, he's going to, he'll, Brian will have oh, yeah. a beach house and it is because of this industry and it's because of the drive and the willingness to keep going that will allow that to happen. Yeah. So now we've talked a little bit about like $200,000, which to a lot of people may seem like a huge number yeah. still. Okay. Um, it is a huge number. Talking about beach houses. Mm-hmm. But I have had, and I would call it an absolute honor, to observe you and Brian together on this journey of struggling and fighting and clawing. And it has never been about the money for you. No, never. So when I ask you my next question, what makes you stand out from the competition? It has never been a drive for money. Never. You may have had a vision because you're all about growth. And this is, this is where I want to grow personally, but I have never once had a phone call from you saying, you know, but we really need this deal or anything like that. It has always been, this is what I'm doing for people. Correct. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks for recognizing that too. So in my business plan that I had to create to figure out that I needed $200,000 a year, much of what you know, required that kind of money was the amount that I wanted to be able to give back, the amount that I wanted to be able to do. It was not about what I needed for me, but I did want to be able to travel a little bit here and there and that sort of thing. But mostly it is about what I want to be able to do to serve our clients. So, you know, the the question of, you know, what do I do to set me apart? Yeah. Um, it always 100% is about my clients first and my clients know it. I love them. They love me back because they know that I love them. They are always my number one first priority in everything that we do. So I will sit down with the clients, find out what their needs are, and go from there. Um, I really, truly believe that people will pick up your energy. I'm a, I'm a big believer in it, that they will pick up your energy. If you are anxious, it's like you walk into the, the appliance store, you know, and you can tell when the guy starts following you around and that sort of thing. You're like, dude, leave me alone. Just let me do this. There's an energy about that when you're in it for you, 
than about when you're in it for the people that you're in it for. And they know that. They pick that up. So that's one of the things that sets me apart is you're absolutely right. And thank you for recognizing that. There is absolutely, there's never been about the money. The money follows. The The money money comes. It's a, it's a beautiful side benefit to doing the right thing by the people that you work for. And it's not easy. And I've seen, in fact, one of my biggest challenges with you, and it's one of my questions later on, Uh is (laughs) because we have had so many phone calls over the years um, talking you off the cliff (laughs) because you are, you're burning the candle at both ends constantly. And it's taking care of people. Yeah. Like I've got to, I've got to run out here to do this for this person. I'm doing this for this person. And you never stop doing things for people. And I've constantly said, Hey, it's okay. You can set boundaries and tell these people, I'm going to stop serving. (laughs) I'm going to stop serving at this point in time. And up till now, you've never been willing to stop serving. And yeah, that B word, right? um, Boundaries, (laughs) not the B word, but the B word. (laughs) um, (laughs) And I don't know if I should admire you for that. (laughs) Sometimes I feel sorry for you for that, but, but in truth, in my heart, I admire you because it's the core of who you are. Thank you. And I've seen it not just with your clients, but you demonstrate it with your family. Thank you. And again, we've known each other for a long time. So you've seen me go through uh, divorce, mm-hmm. you know, and I've seen you just fight with all your heart for your kids. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... And it, Brian it's, and I come together and go apart and come together, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's, it's life. tough. It is it's life. It's life, right? Mm-hmm. But through all of it, you've never stopped leading with your heart. Thank you. And I do think your clients know that. What would you, what percentage would you think of client of your client base is past clients or referrals from clients? Oh, I mean, almost all of it. Yeah. Once in a great while, something comes that I didn't know where it came from or I didn't expect, but... How many hours a day do you spend telemarketing, cold calling? People? Zero. <laughs> That's right. We need to go, how many hours a year do I spend? And that is also still zero. Yeah. It's not, that's because not my lead gen. for you, it's all about... Serving, you're leading with right. your heart. And the hard part for that is, you know, a new agent comes in and says, how do I do this? And so much of it is repeat business for me. But the, the truth of the matter is, and the crux of it is, we didn't really see this influx in business until, what, 15 or 16, 17, 18, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. So, yes, I've been in the business for, if you're counting, if my box elder high school math is correct... <laughs> It would be about 30 years. Don't put Box Elder on the spot. <laughs> well, that's that's about that's why I'm in the people industry and not in the not mortgage the industry because math is not my thing. But it's been a hot minute. But really, only the last maybe seven or eight years is really where things picked up, took off, and my repeat business is coming from that. It's not it. You know, so people go, yeah, well, if you'd been, if I'd been in the business 20 years, you know, I could have the repeat clients too. I don't have 20 years to wait to have repeat clients. You have one transaction to wait before you have repeat clients. One transaction is all you need to have them tell their friends, to have their friends tell their friends, to have, you know, this all happen and to have it open up. It doesn't take 20 years. Yeah. But that's not easy. And there was a lot of, not, not just personal growth for you, but for definitely sure. personal growth, but also business growth. And you've constantly invested in yourself. For sure. To, so much. To have that growth. So much. So that in the last six, seven years, you've yeah. been able to realize this level of success that I don't know if we had taken a snapshot 
you know, 10 years ago that you would have ever imagined? Oh, no. You would have been like, no. I, I, that, I, I dreamed of it. Like, I, like I'd hoped it. I'd vision boarded it. I'd done all of the things. But, like, I believed that it could happen. But also, I kind of was like, mm, I don't know if this can really happen. Like, yeah. But I worked my butt off, you know, for it to, to do that, to get there. And you're right. The boundaries tends to be one of my one of my difficult places because I do love the people and yeah. we joke about it with my, you know, my therapist, right? Cause Lord knows we need those. Right. <laughs> and I joke about it with him all the time that I am a recovering people pleaser. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at is I, I love the people and though that repeat business comes because you love the people. Now this, this may sound like an interesting segue here, but so I ran a report today that you've earned $39,000 in profit share. Now with hey. equity, so, and this is my training podcast and everything, but sure. you know, I'm, I'm your broker. I, I do manage real estate agents as well. And we are one of the least expensive companies out there. So we're only taking $4.99 a transaction, right? Right. So it's a very small pie to split up into very many pieces. Sure. But we give a hundred of that back to the agents in the form of profit share Correct. if you recruit somebody. So when Brian closes a deal, you get profit share. Yes, it's so nice to right? get the little direct deposit yeah. voucher that I didn't even know was coming. And it's like, oh, hey, you just made 100 bucks. So 100 bucks at a time, you hit $39,000 as of today. Um, that's hey, a agents lot. who are under, <laughs> thank you. So, and I've watched agents come. And you're not like, you're not out putting flyers on people's cars at the testing centers, which I've no. seen other agents do. Um, but you've been very effective in getting agents to join. I think a lot of them, and this is where that segue comes in. A lot of them look at you now and see this person that's highly successful. And they're drawn to you because success you. pulls in people. Mm -hmm. They're drawn to you. And they're like, I want to be what she is, mm -hmm. right? And so I want to be affiliated with her. And yet not all of them make it. I mean, there's an 85%, the latest results that I'm getting from the testing centers, 85% of new agents are failing. They're going out of business in their mm -hmm. first year. And so they see the success, but what they don't see is the hard right. 15 so years much hard. before success started to come. Mm -hmm. And now the success is still hard. And even if they could have that success today, I don't think most of them would be willing to do the work that you're doing today. Like you work hard. I actually, thank you. I actually had an agent who is, you know, a producing agent within our within our office say to me one day, I've watched you. I used to think I wanted to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like I have no desire to do that. He said to me, like at what cost, right? Well, mm -hmm. it's different for us at this point in time. Our kids are mostly gone, you know, and so we have a little bit more time to be able to devote. But there were a lot of nights that we gave things up. You know, there's a there's a meme that somebody had sent me a while back of a ballerina and you see the shoes, you know, and you see what the feet look like underneath the oh, shoes yeah. of the of the ballerina. And you know, all you see is the ballerina on stage, but you so don't graceful. see what those feet look like underneath. You know, it's not pretty. They're That's not <laughs> That's so messed up. It's so not pretty. Like, but that's kind of what happens here. And I do see, you know, I, I am approached regularly. I mean, regularly, easily more than once a week from people who are interested, who are thinking about coming, who want to come do this, who ask me how to go about doing you know, the kind of business. And many of them, once they see what really does go into it, I, I give up. I give up a lot. I don't, 
you know, now as things are, as, as success is coming and things are flowing a little easier, we're giving up a lot less than what we, what we did for a while, but I don't have weekends. I don't have evenings. I don't, you know, why, if, if a client calls, we do it. The first probably three years of our marriage, you know, here's Brian and I, and every Friday night we're out showing houses somewhere around Cash Valley spending gas money that we don't have, you know, and that's our, that's date night. And, you know, a lot of people really aren't willing to do that. Do you have to do that to make the kind of success? I don't know. But I do know that I did without doing that before, and I didn't have the success that I do now. So um, I would say at some point, yes, you do have to make some sacrifices, whether you have to sacrifice the level that I have or not, that's up to you. But, yes, yeah, some sacrifices have to be made. Yeah. And I think – there is something to be said, and it's not easy working with your spouse, mm -hmm. you know, because for a lot of people, they want to be able to put down work mm -hmm. and not deal with work all the time. Brian just happens to be like-minded. Mm -hmm. He never puts down work. He's always willing to serve. He's willing to serve just as much as you. He is now. Oh, he's always been willing to serve. Yes. But clarification there. Yeah. Um, he wasn't always willing to... You know, like spend every weekend, you know, doing this as well. But I think as we've been able to do that together, it does make it a little bit easier, yeah. you know, to be able to do that. If, if we were in two different industries, which we were for a while, um, it was, it was difficult. The fact that it gives us an opportunity to do things together, that's it. We do still have to, I mean, Brian's busy now yeah. too. So, you know, we do at, every once in a while, we sit down for dinner somewhere and he's on his phone. He keeps picking up his phone, picking up. And I'm like, would you put that thing down? Boundaries? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, interesting, because for the first like five years of our yeah. marriage, this was our whole yep. dinner in reverse. And so I'm recognizing now as he's busy, I'm recognizing, you know, what that is like for the other person as well. So. Isn't it fun that we're still figuring things out? Oh, yeah. Every day. Like as successful as you are, we're still... Every day. Still fighting the fight. Like yeah. nobody has it nailed down. No. You know, it's, yeah. it's a constant struggle. One of the things that we do when we get to this level of success is we form teams. Yes. Right? Oh. And teams bring their own challenges. And I know that um, over the past couple of years, you've worked hard to try to build a team. And all of these things that we've talked about have been challenges for you in building the team. Number one, people pleaser right? For sure. So you want to take care of people. And these are all conversations that we've had. You want to take For care sure. of people sometimes more than they want to take care of you. And yet you're hiring them to take care of you, For right? Sure. You, mm -hmm. That's, that's why we hire somebody is so that they take some of our load off of us. Hey, it's give so, and take, right? Yeah. Like on both sides. You're giving them a paycheck. Right. And, <laughs> but Hopefully, right. Yeah. Um, so that's a challenge there. And then, so you, you want to please them. You want to take care of them as well. Um, and then there's this amount of effort, this amount of work that you're willing to give and you want somebody to work alongside you. It's hard. For Forming sure. teams is, is hard. For sure. Keeping teams together is hard. What has been your journey with that? So we had kind of an interesting situation in our family because we ended up having a situation where we had to drive across the state every week for... Um, a child who was needing to go to school in St. George. No, and when, yeah, when you say across the state, you're Brigham talking City about St. the George. long end. Yeah, yeah, no, like for sure. the very top of the state yeah. to the very bottom of the state. Yeah, not we were equally as far from Nevada 
on the south end as we are from Idaho on the north end, and it's like 30 minutes, within 30 minutes yeah. of that border on each end. And we did that for four years. And I knew in order to make that happen, I would have to we would have to do something because I couldn't physically be in both places. I've been trying to figure out how to do that and I'm getting pretty good at it, but there's times that you just can't. So, you know, some of that happened that way. Some of it happened because, um, you know, Malone who also joined, he's one of my very best friends in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. And Brian and I teamed up originally the three of us and decided to go that way. And then it kind of evolved as we, as I had to take Lex to school in St. George and, you know, the things that we did there, it kind of evolved into something bigger. And I had this grand vision for what needed to happen. Now, in the defense of those who have served with me on my team, I will say one of the big challenges of going from solo agent to team agent is giving stuff up. It's hard. Yeah. Like giving up control. My name is on the sign. My name is in your yard. My name is on the advertising and yet I somehow have to relinquish what I would normally be doing. I really like I really struggled with that. I don't I never would have thought I was a control freak. Don't no, wait, laugh. did you say struggled past tense? Yeah, I'm working I'm doing okay. <laughs> you get better. All right. I'll give you that. I'm improving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know, that was that was a hard thing to get to a point where now I got to a point where I was busy enough that I literally had to relinquish. I couldn't, I mean, I had, I think I had 18 closings one month or something like yeah. that, which is insanity for one, is. for one person. And I physically couldn't be there. That, that separation of having to be across the state when I couldn't physically be somewhere really did help for me to have to relinquish some of that, to start to delegate. There's the D word, right? The delegate, mm -hmm. um, which was something I was not very good at at the past. And my office manager would probably still say, I'm maybe not so great at that, but I am doing better. At least I'm trying to. So informing teams, that's a that's a big thing is learning how to delegate. It's not my intention to be any kind of a control freak or anything like that. I don't think it's about being a control freak. No. Like you said, it's your name. And the whole reason that you have so many people that are repeat clients and referrals is because they know how much you love them and care for them. Well, and you're going so much beyond filling out a contract. Thank you. And I know what my feet look like under those ballet shoes, yeah. right? Like I know what it took to get me here. So being able like, and I don't want to ever do that again. Like it was totally worth right. it, but I don't want to have to go back to rebuilding. And so, you know, some of that, you've got those triggers. That yeah. Kind of so I, I don't think it's about being a control freak. This Thank is, you. it's a delicate yeah. line to walk where you're tr entrusting other people to carry this name that you have slaved for, yeah. literally slaved for, for, sure. for 15, 20 years to get to this point. For sure. And Thank people you. don't ever respect yeah. that prior effort. Well, until their feet look like that, right? Until yeah. they've put in the work. And I think that's a lot of it. I think people are drawn to the success. They're drawn to, they want to do this. They want to see that. And we've mentioned this before, you know, until you start to see what it really takes to get into it. And so then you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it is a hard industry to stick with and to break through. And so from a team perspective, you know, I, um, hired people who were part-time agents who, and it was like, we're all friends and we still all really get along. We all do really well together on a personal thing, but I felt like I was putting in like everything that I had and I wasn't sleeping and they're calling me, you know, about the things that they need. And I'm absolutely willing to give up my time for that. 
and then you know it was just it was tough to put that time and that effort in and to not feel like the reciprocation was there on you know say a, a festival weekend at peach days when I'm trying to manage here and I need somebody to go do some things and they're hanging out with their families, which is awesome. You should be hanging out with your families, but that's the sacrifice that I'm talking about that I had made to get that name there. That's what made my feet look like my feet look right is that I didn't get to hang out with my kids on a peach days weekend. I didn't get to hang out with my family when I wanted to, because this somebody needed me. And so I went Now, again, this is my success story. It doesn't have to be everybody's success story, but you do have to be willing to set aside your wants in order to get to that end result of that, whatever that looks like on your end. Yeah, and when you're building a team around your name and that's what you took to build your name, Mm -hmm. your team kind of needs to go into it understanding that as part of the communication, just I guess like any relationship, right? You communicate right up front those expectations and say, this is what it took for me to get here. This is what I need people to do on my team when you're on watch. Which is what yeah. I will I will absolutely own that was a struggle for me was that, you know, communication there for there. So we still have a team working and we still have, it just doesn't look like what I had envisioned it to look like. Mm-hmm. It's working. I feel like it works very well right now. Um, the agents who have been on my team are still here. We're all still friends. We're still working together. When they need something, they still call me. We still work through that. We're just not the structured team of 15 agents that we had been. And then, of course, as you know, my team took some pretty hard hits. We had three yeah. really rough deaths within a short period of time that yeah. were not expected within the team. And we could not have had better people in place to support each other through that. While we were not seeing maybe the success of some of these major you know, teams and operations that we're seeing across the state, we were not seeing that kind of success. I think we all get to define success how it is and our successes and that we were all 100% there for each other as we were dealing with deaths of children, deaths of a husband. Um, God, I didn't realize that was gonna do that to me, but that was just such a really, was a very difficult time for my team and the people were absolutely the right people in place for that. You know, uh, I never really thought about it like that, but you're right. Success is defined differently for everybody. And I think it's defined differently for not just each individual, but for the time period that they're in. 100%. And I think you guys were there for each other. 100%. Because I, I, I've been through some crap, but not that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a child pass, but I, but it's hard to not personalize that and say, what if, and the fact that you, you guys were there for each other and that you are still close and, you know, who cares if the transaction count went down a little bit, Yeah, somebody wasn't alone on their darkest day of their entire life. Absolutely. And, you know, we may not have produced the numbers that I had set for our team, but that really wasn't what ended up being important in the big picture. So I can truly say for myself that there have been years in my own life where survival alone 100% was my biggest success. The fact that I ended up mm-hmm. <laughs> at New Year's Day alive and yeah. kicking that's my biggest success 100%. And, and the fact that I was there at all um that was a win. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really what counted and you know who cares about the numbers you know i i 
I made it. Yeah. And go you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And I feel like we've, as a team, we've been through that. And fortunately, I I didn't have to experience the pain that several of my agents have had to over the last year and a half. Um, but, you know, it was definitely a different measure of success for us. So, and yeah. we all still love each other. We all still, you know, we're not, They're we're all still people. here. We just, like I said, we're not structured the way that we had been. Yeah. yeah. They're great people. Amazing. The best. Now you said you've got agents coming up to you almost every week. Correct. Saying, hey, mm-hmm. I want to have something like what you've got. How do I do this? What piece of advice would you give to a new agent just starting in this business? Um, so I think you have to be authentic, first of all. That's number no, one. No, I'm going to add a caveat to that. It could be a new agent just starting or somebody that has been going through this kind of passively. And, and finally, maybe they're listening to this and they're saying, you know what? I just need to commit now, too. Yeah. Because I've got the job at Maverick. Yeah. And I'm not happy here. And I know what I want for myself. And so I'm going to make that same commitment that Shelby made. Now what do I do? What's this advice? Sorry. So, no, that's great. So authenticity is huge. I mean, I've taken all of the classes, all of the A to Z selling classes and all of those things. Those do not fit me. Those do not fill in. You know, they might somebody else, but they don't. So I think, number one, being authentically you People recognize that. They're, your people will come, right? Like mm-hmm. you're the people who you don't have to go chasing people at some point in time. They come to you because you are authentically yourself. So I think, number one, that. Number two, I think it's really important to have a clear picture of what it is that you want. What are you doing with this? Why are you here? Why are you in this industry? Are you in this industry so that you can have, you know, money and cars and material things? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Is that your goal? Are you in this industry because you love the people that you're working with and that you, you know, you love opening doors and you do, what is your purpose? So finding your why is really important. And then I think the the third thing is every decision that you make needs to, will either take you closer to your goal or further away from your goal every single day. So you get up every morning, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before, um, in that it's a little tough right now. And we're seeing a lot of agents drop out of this business. A lot, a lot of people got in here thinking it was easy. And for a couple of years, it kind of was, I mean, stuff just happened. It just fell in your lap. Well, now that people are having to go out looking for work and trying to figure out where it's coming from, we're seeing people go, this is hard and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to fall victim to this is hard and I'm out of here, there's nothing wrong with taking a job at Maverick if that's what it is. But at the end of your shift at Maverick, you have to be making decisions that lead you to your ultimate goal. So if you have to take the job, take the job. But to me, that's been, I've seen it come, I, it was my own, in my own world, it was the beginning of the end for me and taking another job because at the end of the day I was tired and I wanted to go home and I wanted to drink the Slurpee that I just got right and I wanted to just hang out and do nothing but you have to continue to move forward toward your goal everything that you do every day takes you closer to your goal or moves you further away I love that thought so thank you I love that thought yeah um last question then okay for the agents that haven't been through changing, shifting markets, because they do change. Yeah. Right? Uh Um, 08, all of a sudden, in fact, I was a non-competing broker. I hadn't done real estate for four years, and the market 
because I'd hit over 100 agents in my office and I was just focusing on training and it was actually a company policy back then that once you go over 100, you don't do it. So I hadn't, I hadn't closed deals for four years. Now all of a sudden the market shifts and we've got short sales and agents are coming to me like, how do I do a short sale? I don't know, I've never done right. that before. Right. And it was a change. And we actually changed our policy at that point because I'm, you know, I went back to the corporate office and said, we're not effective as brokers when we're not doing this. Right, when so, we're not involved in yeah. experiencing ourselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, and I'm still fairly limited in, in doing the real mm -hmm. estate because I'm just pulled in so many different directions. But sure. I do feel like it's important to be in the trenches still doing a little bit to have that respect for shifting markets. So we're in this shifting market right now. And like you said, a lot of agents are getting out. What do you think is one key thing for experienced agents? So we've talked about a brand new agent. What about an experienced agent? I love this question. And you know, it, it instantly what came into my mind is what I've been doing. And I've so fourth quarter, last quarter, my worst quarter in probably 10 years, it was, it was brutal. It was rough for me. And I even had days in fourth quarter last year that I was like, I'm like, what else can I do? I'm over this. Like, I don't want to keep doing this. It's hard. And I don't want to keep doing, you know, where, where I'm going. So the key though, is I think in just doubling down your efforts on what you do, it's really easy to fall victim. It's all about mindset. It really is. And it's really easy to find, fall victim to this is hard. You watch the news and the news is like, oh, interest rates are horrible. They're awful. They're terrible. This is the worst thing ever. Crashes happening everywhere. The market's crashing. And it's really easy to let yourself get into that. I found myself there in fourth quarter um, last year because I allowed myself to fall victim to that as well. Um, in fact, uh, one of my really good friends, who is also an agent, not at our office anymore, but a Wait, really good, good friends. Yes, he is <laughs> a really good friend. <laughs> said kidding. to me one day, and I won't use the word because you know podcast. But he said to me, "Hold, please." I had a conversation with him, and I was like, "This is it sucks. I hate this." And he said, "Hold, please. Did I just hear?" Did he says, "Did I did I just hear?" Um, mindset from you. He's like, did I just hear scarcity mindset from you? And I go, mm, I, it just like, it sucks. And he goes, you are Shelby effing Palmer. <laughs> did I just hear Shelby effing Palmer come from scarcity? And I was so grateful for that because it snapped me. Like I didn't realize I had gotten myself there. Yeah. I didn't realize. So so to answer the, the, I guess, the long answer to the short question, right, is what do you do? Again, it's moving every day toward where you're at. So catching yourself, trying to stay positive, and doubling down your efforts on why it is that you're here. One of the things that I started doing again, and probably why I had the best first quarter, again, we just talked about that at the beginning of this, you know, this visit. Um, my first quarter, my fourth quarter, worst quarter I've ever had in 10 years. My first quarter, probably my best, right? Mm -hmm. Followed by it. The reason being is once I realized I was in that scarcity, I was falling victim to scarcity mindset, I was able to go, okay, what is it that I love about this industry? Well, I love the people. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I was able to sit down with my cards and start writing things out. When things get slow, we have an opportunity to decide whether we're going to enjoy the slowness, fall victim to the slowness, however you want to look at it, 
you know, you, you move back into doing things that you're hanging out on the TV, you know, on your couch and watching TV in the evenings instead of, you know, sending out cards or making phone calls or sending texts. And it's really easy to fall victim to that. So doubling down your efforts on what it is that got you there when you were there is really important, yeah. I think. I've been focused a lot this year because so many agents, like you said, the last few years, they might not have, uh, things just fell in their lap. Mm -hmm. Houses sold easy. Put them on the market, it sold. You didn't yeah. have to learn marketing. You didn't That's have to. Why so many agents jumped into the yeah, business in yeah. the last two years. Um, but they didn't learn the work ethic that Correct. it takes over the long haul 100%. to stay in business. And so for me, I've been preaching every month. I, and we just had our meeting on Tuesday uh, our office meeting, our mastermind group or whatever, mm -hmm. and typically we'll mix up goals a little bit. I'm like, I'm not mixing it up. This whole year is the year of habits. Mm -hmm. What habits do you have? Because the people that have the habits will survive. The people that don't have the habits will not. 100% agree. And a lot of us, even if we used to have the habits, we didn't have to have them for or, 19, 20, 20, whatever. Or we couldn't have them because you were so busy yeah. that you didn't have time to sit down and do right. Good point. the things. But now we have to. 100%. And so those habits, to me, it comes back to systems. It comes back to that that discipline and just doing it, doubling yeah, down on that. I agree with that. And so <clears throat> not easy, but even for people that are at the top, yeah, it's not easy, right? Yeah. So I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Learning that, e that first of all, success is hard fought for. For sure. And that it is a constant journey of self-development and self-growth. Constant. Like I, like I said, 30 years, if the math is correct, mm -hmm. we're looking at about 30 years. And even still in just the last couple of days, Brian and I have been visiting about stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing this. You know, it's also really nice. I'm a big fan of having some sort of coaching, mentoring, accountability, you know, something, and yeah. it doesn't have to cost you a fortune to do it. It's not better because it was, in fact, I, one of my biggest mistakes ever is I paid a whopping amount of money for a um, coach that I don't like. I didn't like, yeah. and it did not fit with my, like the way I do things. It didn't and fit with your heart. Not at all. Yeah. And great guy, great human, fine. The no, nothing, just not my, doesn't work for me. Um, some of the best coaching, the best, uh, you know, mentoring I've had either hasn't cost me or has cost me little, though I do think it's good to invest in yourself. I think something happens when you spend money, whether it's, you know, 25 bucks or $2,500, you know, something happens when you're investing, there's an exchange of energy that happens there. Um, and so that is good. But I do think it's really important to have somebody that you can work with you know, that'll help keep you on that track. Thank you. And Thank folks, you. that's Shelby Effing Palmer. <laughs> and I appreciate you joining <laughs> us today. And Brian for being her guest on the sidelines. Thanks, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been fun.